0: and welcome to The Pure Report, I'm your host Rob Ludeman, it is time yet again to bring you the orange and today we are bringing you a great guest, John Owings. I don't, you know, I don't even know what title you're using these days, John, what, what title are you using as you're out and about there chatting with folks?
1: Today I am a principal solution architect for Next Gen Applications. Outstanding. Next gen applications,
0: a very wide and kind of nebulous term. You're really, you're really kind of spearheading the charge around what we're doing with with containers and orchestration, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I spend a lot of time, you know, technically what I do, right? You know, beside the title, is I spend a <laughs> lot of time showing showing customers kind of our integration with containers, uh, with Kubernetes, those types of things. And a lot of times, the conversation comes down to you know, a lot of my VMware experience because I had a lot of, a lot to do with around our vSphere and stuff integrations, working yeah, with Cody yeah. for a long time. So, um, you know, I, I know I will never get away from doing cloud and VMware. So, which is yeah. fine. I enjoy doing that too. Gonna follow you forever, right? Yep, always. Oh, that's awesome. Well, how, um, how are you
0: keeping, I mean, I know you spend a lot of your time kind of traveling around and seeing folks. How are you keeping engaged now? Obviously the virtual thing is an option, but are you kind of missing some of that hands on work that you're able to do when you, when you're flying around and and seeing
1: folks in person? Well, you know, what's funny is, is that like uh, the flying around and seeing people is always a lot of like just in person of what I do now on zoom. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I probably still spent a good amount of time online help with if customers needed direct help, especially when it comes to setting things up in Kubernetes. Cause the, you know, a vast majority of people in the world still don't, you know, it's not like their everyday job yeah. is Kubernetes. So, you know, walking people through like how to set up storage with Kubernetes is, you know, I could do that just as easy on zoom as I could sitting in their office and uh, you know, I think the the employees at the airport miss me a ton, but <laughs> they miss all. <laughs> uh, my kids, my kids um, don't miss me anymore. They may want me to leave soon, but um, <laughs> I've been yeah. home too much. No, They're I don't. Like, Daddy, are you gonna go to trip anytime? Yeah.
0: yeah, when are you taking off again? Yeah, my my my. We have two cats here, and they always look at me like, "All right." You guys have been home enough. Like, can we get our house back, please? Exactly. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need you guys here anymore. Well, that's awesome. How do you, how do you I'm also interested with, with roles like yours, how do you time slice, right? Cause there's, there's a certain amount of the, I'm gonna go show, right? Best practice, mm-hmm. show how to do things. But also you like to kind of roll up your sleeves and, and create, test things, hack, right? You're doing some hackathon stuff right now. Like, how do you, how do you time slice? How do you find time to do both of those?
1: So I, ha- I have to block it out. I mean, yeah. at this point in time, if I don't block out work in the lab or do that, either one, I'm up until midnight doing it, which has <laughs> happened. Yeah, sure. My my family doesn't appreciate that as much uh, or, you know, because I'll, I'll just be on sales. I mean, I, our teams are doing a great job of going out and meeting people that are learning about Kubernetes. And when they that's like a trigger, they hear that word. And all of a sudden, you know, I have to appear and uh it's fun i have you know i have a peer in down in florida simon dodsley who also yeah, does Simon's the same great. thing mm-hmm. and, and you know a little bit different accent but you know he, he we, we all kind of share the same story
0: yeah yeah well I, and i'm interested in getting your perspective on that since you kind of live in that space and right you mentioned the cloud and virtualization thing and there was there was actually a really interesting blog and article that i that i came upon the last few weeks that was something to the tune of you know, why I cringe when people say c- containers or Kubernetes is the new virtualization. And it mm-hmm. was an interesting thought piece, uh, uh, kind of around that. What's, what's the clarity around that? Like what's going on in this space? It's not virtualization. It is, it's an outgrowth of that. It's related. Like where, where do you stand
1: on that? So I, I'm definitely in the, in the camp of containers will run on VMS okay. for, for the foreseeable future. Okay. I don't, I don't feel it's a wholesale replacement um, for a couple of reasons. One, first biggest one is skills, is the people out in the enterprise that are going to be deploying Kubernetes, well, they've been doing vSphere for the last 10 years. And so the the smoothest and easiest transition is to just start running it within a virtual environment, right? Uh, this, the second reason is is, is actually a little bit more obscure, and one I've learned learned from our friend Argenis, uh, you know, who does database stuff, yeah, yeah. Is, is is security. Hmm. Okay. And when you're running on bare metal, and everyone has execute rights to the CPU, you know, there's still concerns about things like Specter and things like that. So with a VM, you can kind of cordon them off, hmm. and I can I can do things. And then the third the third big one is a lot, you know, whether it's what VMware is offering or or Rancher or any of the, you know, offerings that are out there, I'm seeing more people wanting to do cluster as a service. So rather than building a giant cluster like you would for VMware and say, everyone run your VMs on it, right? They're saying, hey, this, you know, Rob, here's your little, here's your Kubernetes cluster, run your apps uh, that you need to build here. And it may be between three and 10, 12 (laughs) VMs. It's really exciting. My dog's even excited about
0: it. That's all right. We had barks on a couple months ago and there was a dog next door to his apartment or condo or whatever. And man, it was like every five minutes. Hey, that's just part
1: of what we got now. That's just how we're rolling. If no one's leaving and only, you know, Amazon rings the doorbell. And so he's got to let everyone know he's here. Of course. Protect the house, protect, yes. protect the landscape. That's all right. <laughs> uh, I just roll with it now.
0: No, we do, we do. Um, well, awesome, No, I, I love how you rolled through those. Cluster as a service, that's a new one that I've, uh, I've not really been that familiar with. That's, um, that's fascinating, I like that, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and it is something that I think a lot, of, a lot of people are interested in because if I, let's say I'm just learning Kubernetes, I could screw it up and then I could just run a delete command and build a brand new one. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there's no commitment like you would with a bare metal server.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which which kind of brings me back to uh, like what has changed, right? I think, you know, you and I are both experienced enough that we kind of lived through the virtualization revolution of however many years ago, right? At Uh least over a decade, right? I remember, you know, starting to go into accounts and you know, I was in the server side, and and everything just all of a sudden became like, well, you know, what's your operating system? Oh, we just, you know, we just do virtualization. Like, well, mm-hmm. kind of, right? That's an OS, but but now, you know, this this is this is what everybody really wants to talk about right now. And and yet, mm-hmm. you still you still mentioned a couple times, kind of the learning curve. It sounds like we're at the beginning of the learning curve. Like, there's massive interest, but there's a lot for people to pick up. Um, and particularly maybe for roles that are in classic it, you know, your classic it admin, sysadmin, where all of a sudden this is something that they, that, you know, they, they're either forced or compelled to go take on it's that kind of
1: situation. It's just coming hard and fast. It It is. It's coming faster. I think than they're ready to do now. I think there's a lot of companies out there that have done a, put a big effort into making Kubernetes easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't think it's as easy as installing, you know, vSphere is now, but it it is getting to the point where you don't need to know, you know, the ports that SCD runs on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like some of us want to know that because we're nerds, but (laughs) uh, you know, in general, if you're in the enterprise and you get, to get Kubernetes up and running, like you can, you can get away with, you know, learning a few commands to get it, get it up and going and, and you're ready to go. Then it's, what do I do with this? How do I support it? Like all the, you know, what does storage do? when they call me, but you know, those kind of things is, and and there is still going to be a learning curve, but at least the getting started portion is a lot easier than it was two years ago. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I guess when there's, there's sort of utility behind it and, and momentum, then there's more of those things available. Um, Mm -hmm. So what's the why let's do the uh, Simon Sinek. Let's do the start with why, why, why this come about? Why is this a big deal
1: now? What's it, what's it solving for both at an individual and a corporate level? I think that because it was born in the cloud, it was a common way to deploy applications across different kinds of infrastructure platforms, Mm -hmm. right? Um, As a developer now, I don't need to care that you're running, you know, even from the OS, I don't care if you're running Red Hat or Ubuntu, I'm just going to, my container will just run, you know, and from physical infrastructure, I don't care if you're in AWS or using cloud blocks, cloud block store would be from us, but, or EDS, or, you know, know, some kind of storage underneath, they just run the app and it runs the same on-prem in the cloud. And I think that's where people started to kind of get the twinkle in their eye. Like this is going to change the way things are done. Um, they're definitely, you know, learning the ups and downs of doing it and, and, and how applications have to be different. So it, it also came from this movement of We need to use, you know, 12 factor or something to change the way our applications are made to make it quicker, make it more agile, sort of a pun there. But the, the way that we deploy our applications and doing it in the cloud, right. It was definitely in a place where I don't care what the infrastructure is. I just need to hit go and have the application run.
0: Yeah. It kind of eliminates that, that complexity of, of, it abstracts that complexity, I guess, if you will, of some yeah. of those underlying things that were maybe issues 20 or 25 years ago that we cared a lot about more, right? Which is, you know, endianness of processors and, and operating system subtleties. And and now it's it just
1: doesn't matter, right? It just, yeah. It's not all out. You know, we used to worry about like balancing the memory banks across. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, I mean, you can kinds? go super deep on those things, right? Yeah. You, know, you really can <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, and I think people got to the point where like we don't want to care about that anymore. And I mean, obviously, I think there's other ways to do this. There were like a lot of paths offerings out there, and it kind of got that. This is kind of the culmination of that around those, you know, uh, what was you know, like Cloud Foundry and um, Heroku and those kind of, oh, yeah. kind of guys, right, right? right? So, yeah, yeah. so like. People got used to that and they want to be able to run it a little more open, a little less opinionated than those ones were, and being able to say, you know what, I want to run my web server to be Apache today and Nginx tomorrow, and you can't stop me. And so that you know, that's really what's driving this.
0: But from my opinion. Feels, yeah. It almost feels a little bit like what OpenStack was promising to do initially too, right? It was kind of like the one, the one kind of connection to rule them all, I
1: guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Obviously, you know OpenStack. I'm, I'm getting asked about it a lot more than I used to. Okay. It's, uh, it's not dead. No, no. I wasn't um, implying that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, I actually saw a comment earlier today where somebody said it's not dead yet, and and uh, <laughs> it's actually not. And it's it's funny. Is uh, I'm getting more and more questions about it, but at the at the same time, it is it is um, it does require a level of effort. I think that is similar to what you do with Kubernetes, and so a lot of times those communities have blended together. I think it's the best way to put it. Like a lot of the same people are in the same places. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, You know, we've talked about this solving for a lot of things, but there's still, and you know, you've mentioned this a few times, you get called in at some point, right? And Mm -hmm. and so obviously there still is, and you know, and we're a storage company, right? We're a a data management solution provider. Um, You still get called in. So there still is a storage issue that comes about with, with folks that are, you know, doing, you know, this container adoption. What, what do you see? What are are those, what are those kind of storage gotchas that we can
1: theoretically and really do solve for? Well, I think you see that a lot of people have storage in mind, but Kubernetes was not built with statefulness or storage into it. Mm -hmm. And so now you have these enterprises are like, well, how do I run my database there? and so that's when i come in and i say well here is our way to make this easy because doing it by hand is not like so whenever there's kind of two customers i go to now the the early adopters like we've been running kubernetes for five years i don't even know if it really existed five years ago um but you know they, they claim they've they've been running it for you know forever since the very first release right and they're doing like back-end workarounds with NFS to get storage and, and all kinds of stuff, which was their only option that long ago. Now we have enterprises coming in and, and saying, okay, we want to use this. How do we do it? And we've kind of come up with a solution to automate that, make it as invisible as possible using kind of the, the newer APIs that have been built in. They finally built some APIs into Kubernetes to allow this. Like there was a couple of false starts a few years ago with like an entry driver, you know, yeah. basically. And then there was flex volume, which wasn't as good, but it was at least better. And now with CSI, right, so that's kind of like the common API for everyone, all the storage vendors to use. We've taken advantage of that and really, you know, it's kind of, I think, taking it to the next level where we can really enable people to do real stateful applications in Kubernetes and not worry about all the things that were problems three or four years ago. So I still see, and I'm just rambling now, but I still see people on, on Twitter. They're like, you can't run, you can't run that kind of application in Kubernetes. It's not made for that. Yeah. yeah. And I think they, they, um, they've been scarred by an experience from four years ago.
0: Huh? Yeah, when it wasn't as mature, right, (laughs) or when they were were at the bleeding edge, right. Or when maybe the vendors like us didn't have a chance to go and, and, you know, architect, you know, solutions to it, which is where, you know, we kind of get to pure service orchestrator, which is something I know... You're you're fond of um uh, of speaking on what's what's the thirty
1: thousand foot foot
0: view of P S O? We'll call it P S O from here on out. Yes,
1: yeah, P S O is way easier to say. Way easier, <laughs> yeah. Few much way fewer syllables. Way fewer. The <laughs> it's easier to type too. You see oh, really? how many times I miss I typo it. The P S O the thirty thousand foot is it's container storage as a service. Okay, so it is one hundred percent out of band management of just orchestrating the storage. So create, you know, I, I'm a developer, I want 100 gigs, please provide it to me. And I, they don't have to know anything about the infrastructure, they just get 100 gigs to use, which just happens to be on a flash array or a flash blade, you know, giving them all the, all the benefits that we would have of a, just a normal, you know, flash array environment where we've been doing for databases and VMs for 10 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, same benefits, same storage services, upgrade, but all that, it's just a, yep. it's a nice- you know, tool or layer that goes in that kind of simplifies. And then they kind of have that aha moment where they're kind of like, oh, all right, well, this, this greatly simplifies. I don't know that whole line that we marketers love to use about freeing up people to go do more strategic work, right? They, they probably don't have to go mess around as much with, with the, you know, with the mundane storage things anymore.
1: Exactly right. Like when you can switch from, you know, hour, a couple hours of shell scripting every time you want to add a container to an environment to um, just tell the developer to put this one line in their YAML file. Yeah. Right. That's huge. That's yeah. one that, you know, the data, the, the developers, or the consumer who, you know, it could be database, whoever, right. Yeah. I always say developer it, generically right. consumer of Kubernetes. All they need to know is I want storage and we'll make the rest happen. And the storage team, infrastructure team, all those people that we traditionally hang out with it, they are, they're going to just, you know, provide an API key and PSO takes care of the rest. So it's really nice for them. Um, I would say that the one concern, you know, I get from them, you know, so to not paint, just not just only, you know, the pretty picture is the concern I get from the storage teams. Like how do I stop them from using the whole array? Mm, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, luckily, Kubernetes provides a great quota system where I can say, you know, Rob, you only get, you only get 10 terabytes. If you go one byte over, it actually stops you. Okay. So that's really nice. That is <laughs> um, really nice. Yeah. Nice. We the nice yeah, quota right. system built into that. So I'm I'm very thankful for the whoever that was that in the open source community that invented that because it's totally awesome. yeah, very clever. Uh, and a good thing. And a good thing.
0: Yes. Um I, I know you guys and a whole bunch of others are adding, you know, adding and, and updating PSO over time. What are some of the new interesting highlights that uh that that you would want to talk about? What's what's come out lately?
1: So my my well, my new favorite thing. Which is actually an old thing, but it's new again. It's kind of funny. Is is topologies, okay. right? So in our fl- like our very first 1.0 version, we invented this feature called la- you know basically labels. And, um, labels is something that's included in Kubernetes. You can do it for your apps. You can do it for your compute nodes. There's all kinds of cool stuff you can put in there. Well, we figure out a way to label the storage and kind of have it participate in that. Where now a developer could say with a extra little label say, I want my storage, but I want it from the dev environment. And we would interpret that and make it go to the right place. Hmm. Now, um, CSI broke that about a year and a half ago. So the, the common API, right. So now pure is not in control of everything, (laughs) which is good and bad, uh, (laughs) is, is that they broke that. And so this new concept called topology that we were able to work with to, to bring that feature back. And that just came out at the beginning of, uh, April, mid-April, oh, right. so April, so like, April release, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what day it is anymore. No, and, no, no none of us do.
0: I, I only know what day that was because I think you wrote a blog about some of this stuff. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if
1: I you know if I was smart, I'd look at the date on the blog, right? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, the the <laughs> what's what's fun about that is that now we actually extended even further to what as far as I can tell from searching the internet, like no one else is able to take advantage of this in a way that allows. The um, consumer of Kubernetes, right? If I'm going to run a database and it needs to be distributed, so something like Cassandra, yeah. or in the blog post I'm using Cockroach okay. DB, right? And it, I want it to be, you know, distributed across an availability zone. Now, all I have to say is Kubernetes makes sure that this, these um, containers are running across this availability zone. So, you know, East and West is the example mm-hmm. I give in the blog post. Well, now. Pure Service Orchestra is able to interpret that and provide a high availability across arrays um, based on those tags. So, you know, if you're in the East zone, you get a storage volume from the array that's in the East. And if you're in the West, you get a storage volume from array that's in the West. And then the application's handling replication. But now if I lose a whole rack or if I lose the whole availability zone, the database keeps going. All right. Right. Um, And so we kind of have a array redundancy in there with uh, taking advantage of the application replication features and stuff that are built in there. Okay, that's an exciting new one. I mean, there's there's obviously there's a a list of of cool ones. The other one that we always got um, asked about, because I think the number two thing that I I got asked besides quotas was how do I expand the volumes? Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a good way built in to do that okay (laughs) and so we've added that also so now you could say you know i could start off with 100 gigs and then someday i decide i want a terabyte i just tell it grow and we automate the rest we go to the array make the volume bigger and then you restart your container and it has its new amount of storage so limiting all those kind of manual steps that you might normally have to do to go and make those things Yeah, yeah one like you know the the developer doesn't have to go bug the storage team, totally. and you know, they just all do it for do it from the, from themselves. How do you, I know you
0: probably get some of these requests as well, but how, how do you guys, like is development on PSO, do you, do you guys think about what to put in on your own, or is it more, do you get more feature requests and like, hey, could you guys do this from the actual users, like from input, from you know,
1: consumers in the field? I would say that like these few things were definitely driven by customers asking for them okay. like, and we're pretty, pretty open to it. Like one, they come in from me and, and Simon and some of the people in the you know, the, the principal engineers and stuff that are out in the field. We, we get questions, you know, just from meeting with customers. Yeah. And then, you know, now the more traditional open source way is people send us messages on GitHub. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. wow. Yeah, they go to our, they go to our GitHub and they are like, Hey, can you add this, you know, or you know th- that that kind of stuff? So it's it's a it's a whole new world. That sounds it's very modern. That is yes,
0: it. It very modern. Modern to me. I'm still trying to get my my 13 year old to use email with with failure. So, you know, maybe maybe <laughs> I, maybe I need to let him explore GitHub as well.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, the, the other part I wanted I didn't want to let you go without without talking, but you know, it seems like integration is really key in here. And I know there's some other things that we've. You know, we've announced, you know, vSphere with Kubernetes and vVols and, and Tanzu. There's a whole bunch of, um, can you talk a little bit to some of the integrations you've been involved in and just things that we pure are pursuing in order to stay really active in the community out there?
1: Yeah, there's a couple. I, obviously, there's kind of like the VMware, what they're doing in the space is, one, made made my life more exciting because now everyone knows that it's going to be around to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we're working tightly with them on their their driver can basically take advantage of our vVol's in order to provision that storage from a whatever their vSphere uh, with what do they call it vSphere with K8s or um, TKG Tanzu Kubernetes Grid they all have this driver built into them that just it talks to VM, it talks to vCenter basically and provisions virtual disks and attaches them much like we would do on the PSO side but external to that. And so what we've done is we're working with them because it can take advantage of vVols kind of base today Uh, We're working we're working with them tightly in order to provide Things like snaps, you know all the storage policy stuff that we have today That um, is built into vVols We want to be able to pass that into those kubernetes clusters and have have them show up as options for the uh, For the person that's using vSphere on kubernetes or kubernetes on vSphere. Yeah, and then the second big one, integration-wise, um, just third-party, is Kasten. Is I don't know if, if you saw the blog on that. I did,
0: yeah. I saw that one. But what's, what, yeah, what are the highlights for folks so,
1: on Kasten? That one looked pretty interesting. I think a, very, like a big emerging space in this, this world is data protection because other than snapshots, there's no plan for backup in these Kubernetes container world kind of your traditional backup vendors, their strategy was, well, you know, put Kubernetes in a VM and we'll back up the whole VM. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have an external volume, it doesn't know that that exists and doesn't back it up. So this company, Kasten, that we've partnered with, they have a really nice way to discover the whole app inside of Kubernetes, integrate with our CSI driver so that now it's not, it's not only it's not only backing up kind of the metadata about the app, it's actually grabbing that external volume, that, Uh, persistent volume claim and backing it all up to a flash blade via like our object interface. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool integration. And, and from the time that I met them for the very first time until we had like the integration working was probably six weeks. Like it's like the fastest one in the history of, of, of two companies integrating. Right. So it's really cool how, how well everything went. And obviously, you know, we're looking to do more and more with them as we go. Awesome. You got any users pick that up yet that you've worked with? I have a few that are very interested in it, especially, uh, especially some financial institutions where, you know, they still have backward backup policies. Like a lot of times maybe these cloud native companies, they're like, well, we'll just snap it to something. You know what I mean? Like they, they're not, they don't have those like retention and backup policies that have been handed down from the sec to them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so like, yeah, so they, have, they're very interested in how this works because from what I can see, and there's a few others that are trying to catch up, but these guys are kind of leading that space.
0: Awesome. Well, nice work with that. Um, anything else that you want to highlight? Cause I, I got to wrap, we're getting close to time, but, um, what else, what else are you excited about? You see maybe on the horizon, not, not necessarily that we're doing that you can give away that's roadmappy, but anything that's out there that, uh, that you're kind of intrigued by.
1: I um, I I am really intrigued in seeing how far we can go with the, with the VMware integration. Yeah. Um so I think that that's that just them being who they are and as big as they are, it's it's created a lot of interest, so that's that's pretty exciting. And so I'm interested to see where that goes and in addition to that like I'm starting to try to get involved in some of the more community stuff around Kubernetes which is almost overwhelming because it's a lot of people. And so, so um, I'm, I'm sure there's some things even outside of storage that I'm trying to learn about, like the, the cluster API, if you, if anyone wants to Google that, right, it's very interesting stuff uh, around provisioning and, and cluster management. So when I talked about cluster as a service earlier, just yep. how that all works is, is quite interesting to me. Awesome. Well, always something to
0: learn out there for you. Where where do you want to send folks for more information? What's the, what's the best place for them to go get
1: up to speed on some of these things? So the, probably the most regular cadence of, of new good stuff would be on my blog. If you go to blog.2vcps.io and uh, I have good updates there. I mean, obviously when it's a big thing, I put it on the pure blog, but most of the time, uh, you know, my day-to-day stuff I put out on there and there's lots of good, lots of good little tidbits and how to's that I put on there.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so folks, you can also go to blog.peerstorage.com and, um, click on, uh, containers. I think we have a category for that. If not just do a search in the upper right. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got some good stuff there and then there's a whole bunch of thing on the, on the webpage as well. Hey man, this was fun. We'll have you come back on again. Loved it. I learned a lot too. All right, great. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. Loved having you. Thanks, everybody, for listening and for telling a friend a colleague about the program. We will keep having great guests like John on the program. And with that, we'll wrap for Pure Storage and John Owings. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.